Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. We usually stream live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays at docwashburnshow.com, unless I have a campaign event. And the live stream folks are actually hearing me live at 11 a.m. Central today because uh, first day in, in a while that I haven't had a campaign event at lunchtime. Now, minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 101 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Friday, March 4th, 2022. Coming up, why did three Republican congressmen vote against a bill to send money to Ukraine? But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, I'm running for the Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas, and if you would like to support our campaign, go to the website electdocwashburn.com. For weeks, people ask, why can't I donate to your gubernatorial campaign online? (laughs) And I would say, well, you know, I I think we're going to be able to... uh, have that donate button going by close of business today or by tomorrow morning. And we finally, finally, finally uh, found a company that got, that got it up and working. So we really appreciate a hometown company, RaiseTheMoney.com. Well, it started Central Arkansas, and now it's uh, all over the country. What took the other companies days and days and days and days and days, these guys got it done in just a couple hours. So if you want to donate to our campaign for governor, go to electdocwashburn.com. Now, we also have a new Facebook page, Elect Doc Washburn on Facebook. And people have been asking, you know, it'd be nice if we had a calendar of events. Where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing? And I've got the next several up there, and we're going to have a uh, a more comprehensive list, possibly by the time you hear this, if you're hearing the the podcast after the fact. Okay. (laughs) I posted something to elect Doc Washburn Facebook page about where I'm going to be here in the next few days, and I... uh, Go to the Elect Doc Washburn Facebook page, and it's not there. So anyway, whoever the administrator is of this thing will have our itinerary up shortly, I am told. So let me just go ahead and tell you, I'm scheduled to speak at Engaged Ministries Church in Lowell, Arkansas, for both services, 9.30 and 11 on Sunday morning. And I'm humbled and honored 
It's a very serious thing when you are invited to speak in the Lord's house to the Lord's people. I take this very seriously. I'm really looking forward to this. Engage Ministries Church, 930 and 11 in Lowell, Arkansas. Sunday morning. Uh, Saturday, Saturday morning, the Salem Fire Department is going to be having all-you-can-eat pancake and sausage breakfast at the Salem Elementary School in Benton, Arkansas, from 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. I don't know if I'm going to be able to be there by 6, but I'm going to try. Because my good buddy uh, Wayne Beach said, you know, not all candidates show up at this thing, uh, but you have a lot of people who listen to you on the radio in Saline County, and you, you ought to be there. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So that's what we have going on the next uh, the next few days. We're going to try to get the, the whole calendar, the itinerary, up on the Elect Doc Washburn uh, Facebook page here shortly. Now, I was on a... Um, I was on a Zoom call with about 21 people last night from Reopen Arkansas. And this is the organization that was put together in 2020 to try to push back against the overreach, not only federal government, but the uh, state government here in Arkansas. And again, I was humbled and honored to be endorsed by Reopen Arkansas for governor of Arkansas. I uh, really appreciate that. And one of the comments that one of the people had last night about getting the word out about my candidacy for the Republican nomination for governor was, if you can just get them to listen to the first few minutes of one of his podcasts, they'll understand what he's all about and why they should should support him for for governor over Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And again, that was uh, a humbling thing to to hear because I hadn't thought about it that way myself. Maybe because I'm too close. Too close to it. And uh, it's always interesting to see the perspective of other people. Now, gun owners of Arkansas has also endorsed me, and I really appreciate that. And and again, humbled and honored. I really appreciate that. Now, let me talk a little bit about why three Republican U.S. congressmen voted against this bill to, um, pardon me, send money to the Ukraine. And uh, Sebastian Gorka, who is a nationally syndicated radio talk show host on the uh, Salem radio networks, Post a link 
to an article, and he said, remember these three names. And I don't know if that means he thinks they did the right thing or they did the wrong thing. I have no idea. But the article is by a guy named John Doherty over at the conservative brief, and it's entitled, Three House Republicans Refuse to Support Measure Backing Ukraine. And so let's see if Mr. Doherty uh, has a fair and balanced, even-handed approach to this. He says, a trio of House Republicans have come under fire for refusing to back a resolution of support for Ukraine, though they explained why in rebuttal to criticism. The UK Daily Mail reported Wednesday, the bill, H.R. 956, otherwise known as Supporting the People of Ukraine, overwhelmingly passed the House of Representatives on a 426-3 to vote. Only Representatives Thomas Massey of Kentucky, Paul Gosar of Arizona, and Matt Rosendale of Montana voted against. The UK Daily Mail continued, All three conservatives have been critical of American intervention abroad and are among the myriad of right-wing voices who have been demanding, I'm not going to say the word president in front of Joe Biden, have been demanding Dementia Joe do more to stop the record-breaking flow of migrants coming to the southwestern border. Meanwhile, Russian forces have continued a steady campaign of shelling and airstrikes against Ukraine's cities. Have they? I mean, I guess they have. I mean, who trusts the media anymore? At least 2,000 civilians have been reported dead from the conflict as accusations that Moscow is targeting civilians and using outlawed weapons mount. And they may be. And whatever Putin's doing is horrible. But who trusts the media anymore? How do we know they're telling the truth? They, they may very well be. Anyway. Anyway. So, the article here at the conservativebrief.com or conservativebrief.com by this uh, Doherty fellow says, the non-binding resolution that passed Wednesday expressing solidarity with Ukraine, quote, demands an immediate ceasefire and the full withdrawal of Russian forces from Ukrainian territory, unquote. In addition, the resolution calls on Russia to also pull forces out of the Crimea, which was annexed by Moscow in 2014, as well as the Donbass region, where Russia-backed separatists have been battling Ukrainian forces for more than six years. The resolution also backs continued sanctions against Russia while pointing out the need for U.S. energy independence. UK Daily Mail adds H.R. 956 also calls on the federal government to provide Ukraine with additional humanitarian aid, immediate defensive security assistance, and commends European allies for the support they have provided so far. Representative Adam Kinzinger, 
Republican name only, Illinois, an anti-Trump Republican who took a spot on the Capitol riot committee and is retiring at the end of this term, was among the first to blast his Republican colleagues, calling them out by name and describing their refusal to back the resolution as unreal. Representative Paul Gosar, Arizona, responded on Twitter, quote, talk to me when our border is secure, unquote. Later, he called on the Democrat-controlled Congress to prioritize protecting and defending the U.S. He wrote, and I quote, Congress takes an exclusive oath to defend the Constitution of the U.S., not Ukraine, not NATO, not globalist initiatives, or anything else. Arizona, USA, is the front line of democracy, Congress must prioritize the strong national defense of our republic and exercise constitutional restraint. Okay. So let's look at what uh, Thomas Massey said in a second, but Matt Rosendale, the other of the three Republicans to vote against this, He said the American people are sick and tired of career politicians consistently putting the interests of foreign nations above our own. We must put America first. And Matt Rosendale and Representative Cawthorn, Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina, introduced bills to ban aid to Ukraine until the Mexico border with the U.S. is secured. I want to take a look at exactly what Thomas Massey, one of my favorite members of the U.S. House, said. He said, I fully support the right of the people of Ukraine to self-determination. However, There are many reasons I could not vote for the seven-page resolution that passed the House of Representatives today. The resolution contains an open-ended call for additional and immediate, quote, defensive security assistance, unquote. This term is so broad that it could include American boots on the ground or, as some of my colleagues have already requested, U.S. enforcement of a no-fly zone. It expands the geographic scope of the U.S. commitment to the conflict in Ukraine by condemning the country of Belarus. We should not be seeking to name new enemies or committing to overturn other governments. He also says it calls for fully isolating Russia economically. This would hurt low-income U.S. citizens who are already reeling from inflation. Innocent people in Russia, many of whom oppose Putin's aggression, would suffer under crippling sanctions, possibly turning them against us. Crippling sanctions could also drive Putin to become more desperate, inciting him to resort to drastic measures, such as escalating the weapons employed or the people targeted. The resolution contains a gratuitous statement 
that Ukraine and NATO will determine the relationship between the two of them. Of course, this is true, but why should Congress assert this now when the goal is to de-escalate the conflict? It calls for continuing support, quote, as long as the Russian Federation continues to violate Ukraine's sovereignty, unquote. Now, depending on the definition of the word violate, this could be a U.S. commitment to forever be actively engaged in a conflict with another nuclear country. Wow. I got to tell you, I, uh, I have a hard time arguing with his logic here. You know? What are they trying to get us into? I just had a, uh, a comment on the Podbean app. Somebody said, this is an expensive diversion. And, you know, this goes back to a theme that we've been weaving in and out of the Doc Washburn show all week. What are they using to Ukraine to distract us from? Well, one thing is the fact that it came out recently that Moderna uh, patented something three years before the China virus kicked in, a piece of which is actually in the China virus, the Wu flu, the more politically correct among us, call it COVID-19. UK Daily Mail reported on that and said that scientists have said there's a one in three trillion chance that that was accidental, that that was coincidental. That would lead one to assume that Moderna, which had never brought a product to market before, just might have something to do with the creation of COVID-19. Anybody talking about that? No, 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 no. You turn on Fox News, it's all Ukraine all the time, 24-7. Has anybody even brought it up? No. No. Not that I've seen. Of course, I don't watch Fox that much. We stopped watching it altogether after they helped Biden steal the election. But because of what I do, I oftentimes have it on in the living room while I'm trying to get ready to do the uh, the live stream at 11 a.m. Central every day. What else are they distracting us from? Well, I noticed that the great Allie Beth Stuckey, host of the Relatable show on Blaze TV, has a screenshot Again, from the UK Daily Mail, January 27th, exclusive, we're uncomfortable in our own locker room. Leah Thomas's University of Pennsylvania teammate tells how the trans swimmer doesn't always cover up her male genitals when changing and their concerns go ignored by their coach. See, if you have male genitals, you're not a her. You're a guy. Now, Allie Beth Stuckey says this used to be called sexual harassment and men went to jail for it. 
So um, why is that no longer a thing? And again, and again, this is a story that every time Fox News talks about this guy who calls himself Leah Thomas, every time they do a story about him, they will not mention this, that he's sexually harassing female swimmers in the locker room. They will not mention it. And Bill Hemmer, the guy that comes on mid-mornings on Fox News, anytime there's any story about this, oh, it's she, 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 her, 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 oh, absolutely. Now, why is that? He knows the guy's a guy. He knows he's still got all the male parts. Oh, no, 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 got to be politically correct, Fox News these days. By the way, do I sound like somebody who's running uh, for governor of Arkansas and hoping to get uh, an interview on Fox News one of these days after I defeat Sarah Huckabee Sanders for the Republican nomination? No, I don't, do I? And you know why? Because I can't just uh, go along to get along, you know? It's kind of like when Senator Tom Cotton said what he said about the election not being stolen. And I was on the radio saying, look, uh, you think you're going to run for president in 2024. How do you think any Republican is ever going to get elected again unless we fix what allowed them to cheat and steal the election in the swing states? I said it live on the radio. And I knew I was burning bridges, but, you know, it is what it is. We are called to speak the truth in love. We are not called to uh, to smooth things over and to act like uh, we can look the other way. That's just not the deal. That's just not the deal. Now, you know uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, she is a freshman congresswoman out of uh, Northwest Georgia. When Doug Collins, good man, stepped down from his U.S. House seat to run for U.S. Senate, she was. Um, one of the people who ran in the Republican nomination for that House district in northwest Georgia. Um, President Trump endorsed someone else, and her basic response to that was, look, I'm the America First candidate here. I don't know why President Trump's endorsing somebody else, but I'm, I'm the real Trump supporter. And people of her district said, yeah, okay, we'll elect you. Anyway, she's responding to Lindsey Graham. U.S. Senator, Rhino, Republican in name only, Lindsey Graham, is out there on Twitter saying, is there a Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel Stauffenberg in the Russian military? The only way this ends is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. You would be doing your country and the world a great service. So he's calling 
for republic for uh, Russians to assassinate Vladimir Putin. Okay. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene responded, "While we are all praying for peace and the people and for the people of Ukraine, this is irresponsible, dangerous, and unhinged. We need leaders with calm minds and steady wisdom." not bloodthirsty, warmongering politicians trying to tweet tough by demanding assassinations. Americans don't want war. Now, isn't this remarkable? Isn't this ironic? Because the liberals, including a lot of rhinos, try to paint Marjorie Taylor Greene as the unhinged one. But she's the one with a calm voice, I just find that remarkable. And it's a wonderful thing. Speaking of rhino, I don't know if you knew. But back in 2014, former governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee, said that that term should be stricken from use by Republicans. We shouldn't uh, use the term rhino. You know, I don't agree with Governor Huckabee on everything. I, I didn't mean to shock you. But I don't agree with Governor Huckabee on everything. So when you go to my website, electdocwashburn.com, And the website says, a time for choosing. No more rhinos for governor. Yeah. I'm talking about Sarah. Again, I'll just say it again. When I still did the local radio talk show in Little Rock, every once in a while somebody would call my show, say, I wasn't really crazy about Mike Huckabee as governor. He wasn't conservative enough for me, but I'm sure excited that Sarah's going to be our next governor because she worked for Trump. And I would just say, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it works out. At the time, it was Sarah Huckabee Sanders, former White, White House press secretary for Trump, running for the Republican nomination for governor up against uh, Leslie Rutledge, current attorney general, of Arkansas, and I didn't know which one I was going to vote for. I couldn't make up my mind. But, yeah, I mean, a few months back, Sarah was fundraising in Indiana with her good friend Mike Pence. See, now, a lot of conservatives think uh, that Pence was a real backstabber against Trump, right? Now, I happen to believe that conservatives of goodwill can honestly disagree about whether Mike Pence did the right thing or the wrong thing on January 6, 2021. But two days earlier, he promised that he wasn't going to do what he did do. And so that's the problem. That's the problem. But yeah, Sarah's fine with Mike Pence. She's fine with French Hill, who says that Donald Trump's rhetoric leading up to uh, January 6th was unforgivable. Yeah, that's fine. Not a problem. 
But see, the voters of Arkansas aren't fine with it. Know what I'm saying? The voters of Arkansas aren't fine with it. Let me look at some of the uh, comments here on the Podbean app. I think they're using Ukraine as smoke and mirrors for many different things, from big pharma lining pockets of our political leaders to the Trump political witch hunt you spoke about yesterday, as well as the Freedom Convoys in Canada and the one that started here roughly a week ago. Another person says, this is an election year, and the CDC, with pressure from the politicians, had to cancel mask mandates. With that in mind, I think there needs to be a constitutional law passed that requires any Democrat who wins any political office has to run again the next year to keep them in the mindset of freedom and liberty for us citizens, since every year would be an election year for them from now on. Problem solved. Yeah, I don't think we want um, senators and congressmen having to run every year. Um, that's that's a constitutional thing. You can't just change the Constitution like that. Um, and, again, people who are ignorant enough, people who are deluded enough, people who are hypnotized enough to vote for Democrats are going to keep voting for Democrats until, by the grace of God, he causes the scales to fall from their eyes. Um. Oh, my good buddy Carl from Jefferson County says, I wish someone could explain to this poor hillbilly redneck from Arkansas, talking about myself, how to like individual comments on here. I'm just not that tech savvy. Well, Carl, I'm I'm not either. I'm not either, brother. I don't, uh, I don't have any idea. Maybe somebody else can put a comment up there on that. Look, we are so thankful, so thankful that we have um, advertisers to support us. And I want to say a word here. (laughs) I want to say a word here about a couple of them. That sounds almost like a microphone bumping up against another microphone. It it is. It is. We lost a piece of one of the microphones last night. Um, It's amazing what will happen if you bump up against a microphone. I'll just put it that way. Haven't been able to find the piece to the microphone. So I'm on the, uh, the, what is usually the guest microphone today. Anyway, anyway, anyway. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage. You may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online. They'll drive it to you no matter where you live in the continental United States of America. That's what my dad used to call the lower 48. 
Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button on it that says Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. And, and by the way, by the way, if you actually live in central Arkansas, you can do what I did and just go to one of their car lots. Cabot, Malvern, Heber Springs. I got a great deal recently on a 2013 Honda Accord with only 85,000 miles on it. My wife and I love that car. Anyway, if you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverYourWay.com, you will be glad what you did. All right, now, one of the themes of the Doc Washburn Show is pushing back against the uh, unconstitutional overreach of the federal government. So are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, there is a website you need to go to. It's called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, the first thing you see is these big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Well, that sounds like a good idea. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage. Low to no deductible. No co-pays. Big, beautiful red button says schedule call now. You click the button. You book a free consultation with my buddy Art Wilborn. And Art, make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Also, make sure that your personalized health coverage doesn't force you to cover horrible things like abortion that would violate your deeply held religious beliefs. So once again, the website is MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Affordable plans save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. Click the big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You book a free consultation with my buddy Art Wilborn. We'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, good stuff. Good stuff there. So, there's a lot going on, and there's a, um, there's a person I follow on Twitter, and I have no idea what this person's real name is. But the person goes by the, um, goes by the Twitter, Twitter handle, Vocal dis, di, what is it? Vocal distance. 
And I wonder what that means. I wonder what that means. Now, the Epic Times, the Epic Times, E-P-O-C-H, says that Vocal Distance is an expert in postmodernism and critical theory and a visiting fellow at the Center for Renewing America. Wait, is that... That's not the guy's real name, is it? I don't know, but anyway, he's got a lot of interesting things to say, and I want to share with you what he's saying today. He says, a very common tactic, woke... Postmodern neo-Marxists use is to re-describe what they are up to in a way that hides the pieces of their ideology and worldview, which they know everyone else would reject. They play hide the ball, to use a sports analogy, with their controversial ideas. Let me illustrate what I mean by re-describing what they are up to, then I'll give an example. Suppose a man is selling stolen goods and you ask him, what are you up to? Suppose he responds by saying, I'm just trying to make a living by selling these items. Has that man given you an honest explanation of what he is doing? No. He has re-described the act of selling stolen goods by telling you the part that is acceptable, making a living by selling things, and leaving out the part you would reject the part about the goods for sale being stolen. You got it? Now, the thing he is doing which is wrong, objectionable, dishonest, and controversial has been cut out of his explanation. One more example. I can remove dirt from a car by washing the car I could also remove dirt by sandblasting the car. The difference is one of those is going to take off both the dirt and the paint job. If I offer to clean your car and I say, I'll remove that mud for you, but I don't tell you I'm going to sandblast it off, you're going to be upset when I return your car and the paint is also stripped off. In that case, I have redescribed what I'm going to do, sandblast your car. In terms of my goals, remove the dirt. But the way I redescribed it, I'll take that dirt off, leaves out the method that I'm going to use. I redescribed what I'm doing in a way which leaves out something key. This is what the woke very often do. For example, they'll say something like, We're trying to study racism so we can end it. But they leave out the fact that they are using the neo-Marxist assumptions of critical race theory because they know people will reject it. Another example. The woke will say, we want to study gender and get a hold of all the ideas society has baked into our ideas about gender, which are not justified. They then leave out the fact that the way they're going to do this is to use postmodern assumptions and methods. The woke will say, 
We're analyzing what people say about race and gender, but they leave out the fact that they reinterpret what people say using impacts, not intent, which says it doesn't matter what you mean to say. What matters is how other people are, are impacted when they hear you. In this way, the woke describe what they are up to in terms of lofty goals and ideals while hiding the fact they're using neo-Marxist critical theory and relativistic postmodern methods and assumptions. This is how they hide the controversial aspects of their ideology. The result is that they bury the deeply flawed assumptions, concepts, ideas, worldview, and methods by redescribing what they are up to in terms of their lofty goals. This way they avoid having to describe the process that they are actually using to pursue those goals. So when regular people ask the woke what they're doing, the woke tell them a story about wanting equality or ending racism or analyzing gender, and then they leave out any description of the intellectual machinery they're using when they pursue those goals. So regular people don't fully understand what's really going on. They don't have the full picture, the intellectual process that the woke are using when the woke are engaged in advocacy, academic work, or activism. The woke have avoided telling people the whole truth by redescribing it in a way which hides the pieces of their ideology, worldview, and methods that people would reject if they could grasp the full picture of what the woke are up to. This is a difficult problem, but it can be solved. We teach our way out of this mess. What we do is explain the entire project that the woke postmodern neo-Marxists are up to. We have to carefully and clearly lay out for people all the flawed assumptions, ideas, concepts, and methods that make up the woke ideology and worldview. Once people fully grasp the full picture of what wokeness is up to, how it thinks, what the entire woke ideology and worldview says, how it operates, and what its methods are, I am confident that people will will reject it and work with us to defeat the insidious woke ideology. That's strong, brother. I mean, that is strong. And it's on Twitter by a guy who calls himself Wokal Distance. Strong stuff because it's true. It's true. They try to... um, Use euphemisms. Now, I was in college, University of North Carolina in Charlotte in the mid-70s. And it wasn't, it hadn't been too long since uh, the United States Supreme Court had passed Roe v. Wade. Horrible, horrible Supreme Court decision that got rid of all 
of the laws against abortion in this country. And I was shocked to see people already in the mid-70s at the college I went to using the term pro-choice, a euphemism for being in favor of it being legal to kill babies in the womb all nine months for any reason whatsoever. I was horrified. Pro-choice, what? What? Why not just call it what it is? You see, when I was 11 years old, my mother and my grandmother took me and my little brothers shopping at a place called Charlottetown Mall. The only mall I've ever seen in a downtown area of a major city. And we're going through center court, and my mom and my grandmother became visibly upset. And I noticed on one side of center court, there's a table with a couple of ladies sitting behind it and people signing a petition. And the other side of center court, there's a table with a couple of other ladies sitting behind and people signing a petition. And I asked my mother and my grandmother what they were upset about. And they said that people at the one table were signing a petition to make abortion legal in the state of North Carolina, and the people at the other table were signing petitions to keep it illegal. And so I asked, well, what is abortion? I don't remember the exact words they used, but what I knew from the age of 11 on was that abortion meant killing babies. And... uh That's the kind of thing that will horrify an 11-year-old growing up in a decent Christian home. Matter of fact, it might horrify 11-year-olds growing up in non-Christian homes. But I knew from there on out what it meant and how horrible that would be. Because my mother and my grandmother didn't try to uh, cloud the issue by using a euphemism like Well, these people are pro-choice. Pro-choice? Choice on what? When I was a kid, they had peanut butter commercials, choosy mothers, choose Jif. What do you mean pro-choice? Your favor of chopping up little babies. that's, That's what it's about. Anyway. Anyway. So they've been using euphemisms for many, many years. This is nothing new. So I want to go back to something I've said that if the people of Arkansas elect me governor, I will institute. And that is protecting our children in public school classrooms from the woke. All curriculum will have to go online so parents can take a look at it, see what it is. And we will have to have closed-circuit security cameras in all public school classrooms, K through 12, because you never know what they're being taught. Are there good teachers? Of course they're good teachers. 
At this point in the year 2022, how many of them are good? How many of them are bad? I don't know. What I do know is every once in a while, a child will sneak his smartphone in and videotape a teacher doing something outrageous. I mean, outrageous. And how many of those instances do you think parents have missed because the child isn't able to videotape it? We've got to have accountability. Now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, my opponent for the Republican nomination for Arkansas, recently put out on uh, Facebook that she had met recently with like a dozen education leaders in Arkansas. We're going to move forward and improve education in Arkansas. I'm like, what do you want to bet they're all liberals? What do you want to bet? I'm sorry, I can't find common ground with the uh, teachers unions that wanted uh, schools to be closed. You know? I just, uh, sorry, fam, I can't, I can't get there from here. So anyway, anyway, be that as it may. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in our country that we need to push back against. And I am, I have common cause with those who want to push back. I started watching uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' address at CPAC recently, last night on YouTube. And I'm thinking, you know, what this guy is saying is just so obvious that he's right, that freedom is the way to go. You know, it's just so right. Yeah, if I could be half the governor Ron DeSantis is, I'd be happy. Yeah. That's a guy I want to talk to one of these days. Because, um, I really admire what uh, he's been able to accomplish there in Florida. And he made a good point. He said, all these liberals in the rest of the country always condemning Florida. Um, I can't believe I got my ringer turned up. I can't believe it. Hey, uh, Donnie, I'm, uh, I'm doing a live stream. Can I call you back a little bit? That's all right, brother. It's always good to hear from you. Not a problem. Not a problem. It's all good. Thanks. That's my campaign manager. He's on the case 24-7. God bless him. God bless him. Good man, Donnie Copeland. Um, Mary Chastain writing over at Legal Insurrection, New York City students under five years old will still have to wear a mask in school. 
A city hall official admitted that even if the city gets rid of the school mask mandate, the youngest kids will still have to wear one since they can't get vaccinated. It's child abuse, and they don't care. It's child abuse, and they don't care. You know what I'm saying? Now, it doesn't just go on in uh, a liberal bastion like uh, New York City. I got a picture of Governor Asa Hutchinson, U.S. Representative French Hill, Little Rock Mayor Frank Scott Jr., Little Rock School Superintendent Michael Poor, and a couple other adults at a photo op, a PR event at an elementary school in Little Rock, Arkansas, a few months ago. None of them wearing masks, all of them smiling broadly and four five-year-olds in front of them looking miserable, wearing masks. Is Sarah Huckabee Sanders ever going to condemn that kind of child abuse? Don't count on it. Don't count on it. I kind of don't think so. You see what I'm talking about here? So folk ask me sometimes, folk ask me sometimes, hey, you're going to challenge her to a debate? I'm like, look, I wouldn't mind debating her. That's fine, but she'll never debate me. She can't afford to debate me because there are too many questions she can't answer and too many things she can't talk about. Got it? So... Plus, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Usually, the candidate who challenges the other candidate to a debate is the underdog who's thinking, man, I've hardly got any chance to win this thing at all if I can only get on a debate stage with the leader, I might have a ghost of a chance. But I'm done otherwise. Okay, let me explain something to you. I'm not the underdog. Wherever I go, and I share my message with people, it is overwhelmingly positively received. Again, in Mena, Arkansas, last Saturday, people came up to me after the candidate forum, and I was there. Of course, Sarah wasn't there. People running for lieutenant governor were there, secretary of state, Jan Morgan running for uh, U.S. Senate against uh, Rhino Bozeman. But after the thing was over, I had people coming up to me in Mena, Arkansas, which is way out of the coverage area for the radio station I used to work at. And they're saying things like, you know, we've never heard of you before. We have actually been contributing financially to Sarah, but now that we've heard your message, we're going to vote for you. We're, we're going to support you. So I'm not the underdog here. I'm the one with a message that's resonating with Republican primary voters. Sarah, regardless of how many millions she has in her campaign war chest, doesn't have a message. So no, I'm not going to challenge her to debate. I don't need a debate to beat her. See, somebody who really thinks he's the underdog is hoping and begging and praying for the opportunity 
to debate the leader. Because he thinks that's the only chance he's got. Maybe I can score some points in a debate. I don't need a debate against Sarah Huckabee Sanders. All I need is to talk to enough of the people that she's avoiding. All I need is to talk to enough of the people that she's ignoring. And I will defeat her in the primary. There's no question about it. Well, Doc, uphill climb, she's got so much money. How much money did the Jeb Bush have against Trump? Jeb Bush spent over $100 million in the Republican primaries in 2016 and got three delegates. Hillary spent uh, <laughs> over twice what Trump spent in the uh, 2016 election. How did that wind up for her? You know, I was telling a state senator about this recently. He was really close with the Huckabees, and um, his smile turned to a frown. He, he didn't like what he was hearing. Oh, well, brother. No offense. It's just it is what it is. As the Apostle Paul said in the, his letter to the Church of Galatia, How I na- have I now become your enemy for telling you the truth? Hope not, but for some people, yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, let me, uh, let me say a word here for a couple of our clients, a couple of our advertisers that we are so blessed to have supporting the Doc Washburn Show. And just a reminder, of course, the views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but we love them and they love us. want to... Uh, Say a word from my buddy Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton, Benton, Arkansas. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster, left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he sure helped me out when I was in two automobile accidents in 2019. And now he's helping me out against the most recent one, being rear-ended, by a car going at full speed on Colonel Glen Road in Little Rock, Arkansas, on December 17, 2021. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So, whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really, really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin Minton's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton makes sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. So whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you a loved one that's suffering for the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. And you'll be glad you did. All right, now, I would like to help you with some health problems that you may have. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo. You have problems with your blood sugar. Okay, let's, uh, let's do a little test here. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? 
Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Now, whether you're sitting down or standing up, are you tilting your head in one direction or another? If the answer to any of those questions is yes, well, you uh, you might need to get your atlas adjusted. Let me explain how that works to you. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, circulatory system, reproductive system, digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, problems with your blood sugar, vertigo even. Do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. If you're outside central Arkansas and you're thinking, man, I got some of those problems and I didn't pass the test, maybe I need to get my atlas adjusted. Okay, it's simple. Go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the button that says find a doctor near you, and I hope there is one. Uh, my, My wife and I and so many people that we know have been so blessed to have found out about the best kept secret in American healthcare. Turnmypoweron.com. The great Julie Kelly is in American greatness again. A story she dropped last night, amgreatness.com. And the article is entitled, A Country Without Pity. She says, a country without pity has lost its soul. Sadly, that is the state of America in 2022. On the eve of the two-year anniversary, which is too celebratory a word to describe its aftermath, of useless, destructive lockdowns sold as a way to stop the spread of COVID-19, our country has been exposed as a place overpopulated with pitiless citizens gratified by the suffering of others. The common bonds that tether friendships and fellowship are in tatters, shredded by the nihilism of the ruling class, egged on by a mendacious corporate media and amplified on ill-named social media platforms. By the way, mendacious, that's like mendacity, which is a polite way of saying BS. At the same time, ironically, we are led by a man who wallows in self-pity. Joe Biden shows no remorse for those suffering under his reign. Biden is capable only of feeling sorry for himself. This is on full display during his State of the Union address on Tuesday night, where he willfully ignored 
the American service members killed last year during his disastrous exit from Afghanistan to again exploit his own son's tragic death to score political points. Representative Lauren Boebert, Republican, Colorado, unwittingly interrupted Biden's sympathy setup. As a novice to politics, Boebert presumably did not know what was coming, while every other long hauler in the House chamber clearly knew. To remind the commander-in-chief of his forgotten war dead, the reaction by those in charge was revealing. Rather than applaud or attempt to memorialize the 13 American Marines and soldiers killed by terrorists at the airport in Kabul, Afghanistan, just six months ago, lawmakers groaned in disapproval. Lauren Boebert, not Joe Biden, immediately was branded the bad guy. And in America, without pity, those young, and, those young men and women have been forgotten. So, too, are the thousands of Americans who were killed over 20 years in our longest and most expensive war, a war for which Joe Biden bears a measure of the blame and for which he has never apologized. Parents of those killed in Kabul last year said Biden also brought up Bo Biden when he met with them upon the arrival of their sons and daughters' remains. Biden's press secretary, a similarly soulless person, perfect for the job of spinning the machinations of the regime with little pushback from the media mouthpieces into which she stuffs daily talking points, explained why her boss failed to mention the fallen. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki explained that Biden didn't have time to offer condolences. Who has time to express sympathy for others when one is busy seeking it for oneself? For two years, America's most vulnerable, children, the elderly, special needs people of all ages, and the poor, suffered untold horrors under lockdown policies promoted by political leaders, self-acclaimed experts, and the media. Only bad polling ahead of the midterm election forced the same ghouls to call for a magical end to the torment, and so without remorse, they seamlessly pivoted to save their empty political souls. Look no further than Dr. Leanna Wynn, former head of Planned Parenthood and the corporate media's go-to COVID propagandist who promoted collective child abuse for the better part of two years, now pretending her past crimes against humanity never happened. In September 2021, Dr. Leanna Wynn said we are nowhere near getting rid of masks in schools. She told CNN mandating daily testing and experimental vaccines was the only way for America's youth to free themselves of debilitating face masks. She even recommended further suffocating our kids with industrial-grade masks. But, Dr. Leanna Wynn, recently and abruptly changed course in order to keep her cable news hits coming. Agreeing with a recent New York Times editorial to end mask mandates in schools, Dr. Wynn took to Twitter to warn, quote, it's a lot to ask young children to wear masks for several hours a day, especially when so many adults seem to struggle with it, unquote. Now, Dr. Wynn doesn't actually care about children, only about preserving her gig. And while the media gave the ghoulish Dr. Leanna Wynn a path for her cynical reversal, they instead went after someone 
they view as the real COVID villain, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the only political leader so far to express remorse about the human toll of his early lockdown policies. As he approached a podium on Wednesday with masked high schoolers standing there as human props, DeSantis agitatedly advised them to remove their masks. It's not doing anything. We've got to stop with this COVID theater, he said in disgust. He told the students they could keep the masks on if they wanted. His antipathy, evident to anyone with a few operating brain cells, was directed at the adults who forced the the teens to wear the masks. But that didn't stop the Leanna Wynn-like media stooges from blasting DeSantis for so-called bullying children. Never mind the obvious that the real tormentors of Americans' children have been bullying for two years without hesitation and without any scientific basis for demanding the abuse. Ron DeSantis' humanity at that moment exposed the complete lack thereof existing on the other side, so they attacked him. As the bipartisan ruling class wrings their uncalloused hands over the plight of Ukrainians, the multi-layered plight they created and inflicted on the citizens here is ignored. The American flag, whether on lapel pins or the doors of cushy capital offices, is replaced with the Ukrainian flag. The act isn't just cheap symbolism, it's telling. Bullets flying over the heads of children in Ukraine is a moral outrage worthy of the global elite's full attention and fix-it funds. On the other hand, a 37% increase in the number of American children under the age of 18 killed by gunfire between 2019 to 2021 gets no attention from either Biden or the fierce lapel-pinned guardians of Ukrainian children in the U.S. Congress. And it's not as if we're blessed with a deft ruling class capable of managing multiple crises at once. To the contrary, these are the same dunces responsible for the economic, moral, and institutional collapse of America. It's far easier for a vacuous, lame-duck senator from Ohio to wave the Ukrainian flag and pretend he's doing something meaningful than it is for him to confront the plague of rising overdoses and gas prices in his own home state. But the epidemic of callousness isn't just afflicting political leadership in Washington. As a close observer of the aftermath of January 6th, I can, I can confirm a sizable portion of our countrymen wishes us great harm. The only regret they express about the execution of Ashley Babbitt is that she was the only one shot and killed that day. Ditto for Roseanne Boyland. Democrats are angry at Attorney General Merrick Garland for not bringing harsher charges against Capitol protesters, prison time for those who pleaded guilty to low-level misdemeanors, such as parading in the Capitol, parading in the Capitol. Despite its unprecedented nature, is met with outrage that the sentences aren't longer. After Joshua James, a father of three young children, pleaded guilty to the outrageous charge of seditious conspiracy late yesterday, Representative Liz Cheney, Republican, Wyoming, took a victory lap on Twitter by linking a Washington Post article with the breaking news. What Cheney didn't know and never will know is that Joshua James was deployed to Iraq in 2007 in her own father's deadly war on terror. A bomb exploded near him in Baghdad, killing three of his fellow soldiers, pardon me, killing three of his fellow soldiers and gravely injuring Joshua James. He mostly recovered from his physical wounds and received a Purple Heart, but 
has suffered from severe PTSD since then. Were you to believe a patriotic Purple Heart veteran suddenly turned into a traitor over his support for Donald Trump? Who knows what prosecutors did to pry the extraordinary guilty plea out of him? Joshua James was in the building for around five minutes on January 6th. Does anybody care? Certainly not the ranking member of the bloodstained Cheney family. After my reporting on the suicide of Matthew Perna, these same ghouls flooded social media with hateful replies about his death. F around and find out is a favorite retort. Matthew's aunt told me the funeral home was forced to monitor all comments made on his virtual guest book page to stop the flow of cruel posts about her nephew. Perna did nothing wrong. He committed no violent crime. Had he been an illegal immigrant or a criminal addict who died in police custody or a Ukrainian refugee, an outpouring of support and sympathy would pour his way. The hashtag I stand with Matthew would trend on social media for days. But not so in a country without pity. If the American left could fill a political prison in Washington, D.C. with millions, not just dozens, with millions of Trump supporters, they would do so without a flicker of regret. Donald Trump said during his CPAC address last week that, quote, you can't defend Western civilization if you would not be able to defend your own civilization, unquote. The key word, of course, is civil. And it's not people such as Lauren Boebert who are uncivil. It's a masses of Americans who want her punished, canceled, and perhaps brought up on phony criminal charges produced by Biden's Justice Department for speaking out to the regime. When half the country has lost its sense of pity for fellow citizens over political disagreements and the ruling class reserves pity only for themselves and citizens of faraway lands, what can be left of American civilization? What a pity. That's a great Julie Kelly over at American Greatness, a country without pity. The only thing I would disagree with her on is I don't believe that half the country is like that. I would not be surprised if on November 3rd, 2020, if we only counted the legal votes and we only counted them once, I would be surprised if Donald Trump got two-thirds of the popular vote, maybe even three-fourths. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually took California. But I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. But don't give up the fight. Do not give up the fight. All right, now, it's about time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States of America. Now, this is another one of those tweets of the day. in which the real tweet is the tweet responding to the tweet. All right? So the other day, Hillary Clinton, 
or as Bill always called her to Dolly Kyle, his girlfriend, the warden. Hillary Clinton was on MSNBC with uh, Joe Scarborough's latest wife, and it went something like this. Uh, we have to also make sure that within our own country, uh, we are calling out those people uh, who are giving aid and comfort to Vladimir Putin, who are talking about what a genius he is, what a smart move it is, uh, who are unfortunately uh, being broadcast uh, by Russian uh, media, uh, not only inside Russia, but in uh, Europe to demonstrate the division within our own country. The great Sean Davis, co-founder of The Federalist, responded thusly. Your campaign, he's talking to Hillary here. Your campaign hired a foreign agent of a sanctioned Russian oligarch to spread lies to delegitimize American democracy, all because you couldn't find Wisconsin on a map. Sit this one out, Gammy. Word. Nailed it. Nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. All right, thank you, um, Sean Davis, and thank you, Red River Your Way, for sponsoring today's Tweet of the Day. Now, a reminder, I'm scheduled to speak at Engaged Ministries Church in Lowell, Arkansas, at 9.30 and 11 Sunday morning, and I'm also planning to be at the, uh, the Salem Fire Department all-you-can-eat Sausage and pancakes breakfast tomorrow morning at the Salem Elementary School. It goes from 6 to 11. I, I'd love to see y'all. You know, one of the things that we always knew over at uh, KRN, the radio station I worked at, is that we were much stronger in Saline County than we were in Pulaski County. So um, all my Central Arkansas listeners to the Doc Washburn live stream of podcast. Y'all, please come see us. Please come see us. All right, having said that, you've been listening to Episode 101 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode, of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. Well, that's the way it is. Friday, March 4th, 2022.